Welcome back everyone to the channel. Lots going on right now in the market, namely interest rates, bond yields, higher for longer is what we're hearing, what we're seeing from the market. How is that going to affect you, your mortgage, the government of Canada? How much are they spending on servicing debt? We'll find out. And how do we arrive at these secretive probabilities of what's gonna happen with interest rates? Have you ever noticed that in every article we ever read or talk about, there's this probability of a rate hike is probabilities. Where are we getting those probabilities from? I'm going to explain to you. It comes from a very specific market, a financial instrument. Analyzing that can help us gauge what the likelihood of an interest rate hike is, what the probability is, and we'll show you how to use that. So let's start off with, you want to know how much the government of Canada is spending on debt right now? The reason why I bring this up, Christian Freeland, who's our minister of finance, was asked how much the government is spending on debt. And do you know what her response was? I don't know. She said, I don't know. And I don't know whether she said, I don't know, because she didn't know, or whether she said, I don't know, because the answer would piss so many people off. The Government of Canada has lots of debt, obviously, uh, like in excess of a trillion dollars of debt. There's a good article in the Globe and Mail, and it kind of outlines how different Canadian stakeholders are going to be affected by uh, interest rate increases. It mentions the Canadian government, and it says, in July, we spent $3.85 billion on interest, and that's up 23% from the July year before. And generally speaking, we are spending about 10% of our revenue on interest right now. The problem is, is that's only going to get worse because the debt mix for the government of Canada is a mixture of kind of longer and shorter term yielding notes. And then they will kind of roll over. So the, just like the economy of Canada, whereby mortgages roll over on a monthly basis, these five-year terms, more and more of them come up for renewal every month that interest rates are higher. Similarly, this affects the government of Canada and its debt because as more and more notes come up for essentially renewal, they will renew at a higher interest rate, thereby increasing the interest rate on it and the debt servicing on it. So on Canada's almost one and a half trillion dollars in debt annually, we are going to be spending a lot more to service it. That's scary, right? Like it's scary for a liberal government that kind of would pride itself on rolling out social programs and, uh, you know, government largesse and, you know, government spending. It's going to be less of that to spend because more of it has to go to servicing interest. I mean, I suppose you could just kind of continue to run bigger deficits. Hey, if you're enjoying the show and it's your first time here, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. It really helps us get our word out to more people. You know, every article that you read right now about what the Bank of Canada is going to do, people are talking about the probability of a rate hike. What's the probability of a rate hike? Do you know how they arrive at that? There's something called a CDOR, which is like an interbank lending rate. It used to be called bankers acceptances, but it's morphed into CDOR. Uh, it used to have a bit of a kind of seedy past where there was like accusations of price fixing on the bankers acceptance rates. Generally speaking, bankers acceptance rate is the rate at which a Canadian bank or any bank will allow its customers, its corporate and other bank and institutional clients to utilize its balance sheet. It's the cost of that money, the cost of return of that money. In times like great uncertainty, that will spike up. In times like these, when we anticipate interest rates are going to be rising or they are very high, that rate is, is expensive. But 
the future contracts on those rates. I know this is getting kind of complicated. I just want to show you a chart that will help make some sense of it. This chart shows us what the historical implied probability using this market, right? Like you have to understand there's a huge market for every single financial instrument. The most efficient way to arrive at what people anticipate is going to happen is to look at how much they are willing to pay for that financial instrument in the future. They will pay for it every single minute of every single day leading up to that event occurring. And this essentially tracks the historical amount that this item has traded for. So think of this as the price fluctuations as people are betting on whether or not December of 2023 is going to have a rate hike of 25 basis points. And this fluctuation, so the the light blue line, I really like that light blue color. That light blue line tells us, so for instance, in July of 2023, that's the first data point on that X axis, there was a roughly 60% probability of rates being 25 basis points higher by December of 2023. And in July, this market anticipated that there was a 60% chance that rates were going to be 25 basis point higher. You can see over the course of this chart, so it goes from July and then it spikes up to about 75% right after that July 10th. And then it drops all the way down on the 13th. Each of these changes in price will be a result of some information coming into the market, whether it be an inflation number that came in lower than expected, whether it be employment numbers that look softer than expected or stronger than expected. Any of that information changed the market for that day, for that week, right? So imagine kind of between August 22nd and August 25th, the implied probability of a rate hike was 87%. So there's 87% chance that we were going to see a 25 basis point hike. So something was happening at that time. I think we got a really hot inflation number and that really affected the price of this financial instrument. And as a result, we extrapolated a very high probability of rates being at least 25 basis points higher by the end of the year. Likewise, if you look, now this is going to get a little more tricky. If you look to September the 20th or 19th, so check this out. What is this saying? The implied probability spiked to 97%, and the chart readjusts to then identify the probability of rates increasing by 50 basis points by the end of December 2023. You see that? So the bottom portion of that graph, the, the, the solid blue, darker blue lines shoot up from being a 25 basis point incremental increase to a 50 basis point increase in rates. And then the probability shoots down, right? So the market basically says, oh my God, okay, like 100% chance of 25 basis points. Let's switch now. We're going to flip. What's the probability of a 50 basis point hike? And then you can see that immediately following we saw, and that is inflation, right? We saw a hotter than expected inflation number. Everybody freaked out. And we see that there is then a 10% roughly probability 
12% implied probability, but that's of a 50 basis point rate hike. And then we get to zero, close to zero, 3%. And then we pop back up because we're predicting a 25 basis point hike. Now, since that point, which is, I think if we were to track it, you can see that after that point, there's a steady decline from kind of the end of September, last week of September to today's date. And now we can see that the probability of a rate hike has greatly diminished. So whenever you read an article, and the article says the probability of a rate hike from the Bank of Canada. Economists expect this is what they're referring to. We will put it up, I don't know, wherever Matt puts stuff, maybe in the comments section below this so you can look at it. And guess what? If you have questions about it, you can call uh, like one of the Connect offices and everybody that works at Connect is trained on this stuff. So they can advise you, right? Like this is a critical piece. Let's say your mortgage is coming up for renewal. What the hell are you going to do? <laughs> no, seriously, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. So mortgage is coming up for renewal. Do you pick a variable rate? Do you pick a fixed rate? It's heavily dependent on what you believe is going to happen with interest rates, right? Right now you get, you know, fixed rates have skyrocketed. They're going higher. Variable rates are, you know, sub 6% and it's time to make decisions for a lot of people, right? One and a half million Canadians are going to have to renew their mortgage this year. It's a little different how it works in Canada, right? Canadians, we must renew our mortgage roughly every five years, partially amortized mortgages. Some people got sevens and 10-year terms. Some people got twos and threes. On average, most people have a five-year. When those mortgages come up for renewal, whatever is happening with interest rates takes another step into our economy, right? Bleeds further into our economy, affects more people. So every single month that passes that interest rates are higher, more and more Canadians get affected. We saw the government of Canada bond yield, the five-year yield up at four and a half percent. And I don't, I mean, we've come off now, I think we're at about 415, but I don't think that mortgage rates have fully taken that into consideration yet. And I think we might see further pressure on the five-year fixed rate. So I guess my best advice would be if you're renewing even like in the next nine months, lock a rate in, lock in a five-year fixed rate. It doesn't cost you a thing, nothing. Closer to the time of your renewal, you can make a decision as to whether or not you want to take a fixed or a variable. I think that this entire situation, right? Like this rapidly increasing interest rates and more and more uncertainty brought in, brought into the market is going to continue to take its effect on housing prices. We speak about this a lot. Like I remember we did that real estate conference recently where I spoke and I said that the tools that will arm the Bank of Canada that will increase the probability of a rate pause in October and December. By the way, there's so many things impacting rates, but I really, I really don't think, I think that we're going to pause again for October. I don't know. I mean, take that for what it's worth. The two things that are kind of top of mind right now for the Bank of Canada, other than the red hot inflation readings that are coming out, and maybe other than employment, is consumer confidence and consumer spending. The consumer is strained. We saw there was a Financial Post article, there was a Maru research poll where they polled 1,500 people. Out of these 1,500 people, 18% of Canadians, I mean, of the 1,530 Canadians that were polled, 18% feel that in the next 60 days, they're going to have a problem making a major loan payment, mortgage or car, something big, not a credit card, something scary, 18%. And then for those of us that would watch this and say, or read this and say, well, you know, that's the people that are kind of lower income. Well, the same survey surveyed people that had 
salaries in excess of 100,000, 14% of those people say they're going to have a problem making those payments within the next 60 days too. And we just looked at the probabilities of a rate pause, right? So rate increases like 20% right now by the time from now to the end of the year. There's no rate cut probability in there right now. That should make everybody worried, right? Because in the next 60 days, there is no reprieve this pain is going to be felt in the economy. And the major banks all came out maybe about a month or two ago saying that they felt that the middle of 2024 is going to be the when we start seeing rate cuts. I think based on the hotter than expected inflation number and some of what we're seeing in the CDOR market, that might be pushed till September of 2024 now. So the longer we need to push these interest rates, the longer we expect them to be higher, the more pain will be felt in the economy, the more pain for consumers, the more pain for uh, in employment. Uh, I think what we're seeing, and Matt, maybe you can put a link to this old podcast that we did a while ago where we explained the lag effect of interest rates. What we're seeing right now is just how pronounced the effect of interest rates are, increasing interest rates or decreasing interest rates are 24 months down the road as they take hold, especially in Canada, as mortgages renew. This would come to the kind of most important part for the Canadian consumer of the podcast. Well, uh, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, like we said, doesn't matter whether it's in three months or nine months, lock in a fixed rate right now. Doesn't cost you anything, lock in a fixed rate. We should decide whether you're going to take a fixed or a variable, but just lock in a fixed rate. If you happen to be in the subset of Canadians who has a negatively amortizing mortgage right now, it's so quick. I find it so quick for people to say, oh, if you have a negatively amortizing mortgage right now, it's toxic and you better make the maximum payment and you better readjust it to get back on your amortization. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have an extra double their mortgage payment hanging around in their couch to make that payment. You are one of these Canadian borrowers who has a five-year variable rate mortgage and you are just paying the interest on it. And it is negatively amortizing because maybe you're not even paying all the interest and a portion of that interest is getting tacked onto your principal. Do not be quick to react and borrow money from somewhere else to increase your mortgage payments, right? That's not the game plan here, right? If you are in financial trouble with that mortgage, it makes the most sense to continue to allow it to negatively amortize. It also makes a lot of sense for you to evaluate options with respect to what's going to happen when that mortgage comes up for maturity. Maybe it's time to sell. You do have to evaluate your housing options. Understand that that mortgage rate at, if it's a variable rate, at prime minus 50, let's say, at 6.7% is cheaper than any debt you're going to get from anywhere else. Strategically speaking right now, we have a real issue, right? We have a real financial strain coming into the Canadian economy and affecting all of us. And you need to be smart. We kind of had that post-COVID make it rain at the strip joint philosophy, right? Like take the trip you never took, go out to restaurants, I think we're seeing Canadians rein that in big time now. And I think that's prudent. I think you got to continue to do it. I think that, again, that first mortgage is a really good spot to try to make ends meet for now. So if you are negatively amortizing and you can't afford to increase your payments, let it roll. If you know you're coming up for renewal soon, be prudent about it and start thinking about it now. Start thinking about what it will cost to renew, what your mortgage payments are going to be at that new rate. Hopefully, interest rates do pause. Just, I mean, I say hopefully, hopefully just for the Canadian consumer, right? Like this fight against inflation is already won. 
in my opinion, you're going to see these massive impacts on consumer confidence and consumer spending are going to affect these numbers. I, I've said it before. I really believe that this, these inflation readings that we're getting are still lagging and the leading indicators of what's happening in our economy. We need to adjust the magnitude at which we accept that information if we're the Bank of Canada. And I think that that's part of that's happening. And I think that's why you will see a rate pause. But again, like, what the hell do I know? It's a shitty time. There's all these storylines happening, right? Like, we need more housing. Like, let's build more housing. We're not going to build any more housing. There's nothing you can do to build more housing in a market like this when interest rates are at 7%. The economics of building that housing just don't make sense. That we're in a real situation. If this isn't a recession, I don't know what is. Like, technically speaking, we need two quarters of declining GDP. If it's not it, it's coming. Listen, thank you so much for following and liking and subscribing and listening to us. I hope you enjoyed the content today and we'll be out with some more stuff for you next week.